This is the Truth Network. All his life, Carl Fredrickson dreamed of adventure. Today, his adventure is finally taking off. So long, boys! Would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon? Would you like to ride? Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now. Up, up and away, my beautiful, my beautiful Today on the Christian Car Guy Show, <laughs> altered consciousness. And if you know me well, you realize I'm playing with the word altered. <laughs> so if you could picture with me, you know, Moses' altar that they made there in the tabernacle with the sheep kind of cooking on that thing and, and smoke going up, um, and don't miss the going up part, um, altered consciousness <laughs> so all his life carl Fredrickson dreamed of adventure and today his life is finally taking off you know they said adventure but if you knew carl Fredrickson, if you ever watched the movie up <laughs> his life was finally taking off <laughs> he's a bit grumpy old man but yes look up would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon take off look up when you look up i'm just sharing with you <laughs> that it's altered consciousness so i have to i i cannot tell you how many times i have cried today as god has shown me stuff that is just totally i all week long i was trying to figure out where we're going with all these things he was showing me which were so amazingly beautiful and so rich but I couldn't piece the pieces together. And, and this morning was just really difficult. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. But on my way here, after he pieces the pieces together of this week for me, all of a sudden, I finally knew what the Christian Gargoyle show was about. <laughs> See, I've been doing this show for 15 years. I really... It, it, 15 years? Man, Robbie, yeah, it doesn't I, seem yeah. possible, does it? <laughs> But anytime years. somebody says, Robbie, what's the Christian car guy show about? I probably get this really dumb look in my eye like, well, cars can be involved sometimes. <laughs> and yeah, we have the Jesus labor love that has to do with car repair for single moms and widows. And we use cars as metaphor. And sometimes we help people with cars. We Cars, you know, are the platform that it all kind of came from. And it was certainly what he called, what God called me to do. But the Christian car guy show really is... You know, I wake up, you know, Monday morning and God takes me on a journey. 
And as he takes me on that journey, he shows me what we're doing on the show this week. Well, one of the journeys that you get to experience in today's show is, from my standpoint, the, the most amazing Christian Car Guy Theater episode we have ever done. We're beginning a brand new series called A Plymouth Progress, which is based on John Bunyan's story, A Pilgrim's Progress. But if you think about the, Pil- the Plymouth Progress a minute, you might see that God finally showed me what the Christian Car Guy show was about. Because if you've read Plymouth Progress or Pilgrim's Progress... It is the ultimate road trip. And they are what? They're on the King's Highway, and they're headed to the Celestial City, which, by the way, look up, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So we get the altered consciousness. But what do you think about that? For me, this has been the Pilgrim's Progress, this show, of God has been taking us to the delectable mountains. He's been taking us into the Valley of Humiliation. He's, He's taken us right, into the valley of the shadow of death recently through, you know, what, what all's been going on, Jerry. And, and some of the, it's just like the most amazing trip that we have been on, but I, I don't know that I've ever found, you know, as, as I, w- I p- almost had to pull over the side of the road, I was crying so much because I finally knew what the show was about. <laughs> I never really, but now I think I know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't help but chuckle on that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I think, uh, you know, we're sitting there. I'm sure what you're thinking is, am I this slower? Is God just he knows how much I can take at a time? I mean, you know, has to feed it to me slowly. Right. Right. He can't. He, you know, for, for Christian on Pilgrim's Progress, or as you'll hear today in our adventure, it's Valiant, who's a Plymouth. You know, he's going to go on this adventure and he can only take in so much at a time. And so that's exactly the way to put it. And and it's it's all up and down and whatever. So getting back to what happened this week. So, you know, I know a lot of people think, Robbie, you're nuts. But I, I was in my quiet. I was in God's lap. I was praying, God, where are we going this week? And he shows me a beautiful picture of a golden square. I mean, this square is golden and it is absolutely radiant. It is flashing out all kinds of light. And so I'm like, okay, God, you want me to study the word square? Okay. I go study. And guess what? The altar in <laughs> Exodus 27 <clears throat> and in Ezekiel 43, you can check these out. They're absolutely beautiful. They will say that the altar is to be five cubits by five cubits. In Ezekiel, it's bigger than that. And it has to be four square. Now, when you look at that word four square in Hebrew, which I obviously God knew is what I would begin to do, that word clearly means the head of the corner. And when you think about a square, you begin to go, oh, yeah, Jesus is the head of the corner. And, and, and when something's made at a right angle, God is making it right. But now, you got a picture of this with me, or you can go to ChristianCarGuy.com. I drew the picture actually in my journal. It's a beautiful picture I immediately made when I began to think about this. That if you want to see four squares, you got to make a cross. <laughs> so when you make a cross, you will immediately see four squares. If, you know, to make the cross and then make a cross around the cross, and you're going to see a number of right angles. And when you think about what this and 
look at it very specifically in both cases when he's describing how you got to make this altar. You've got to make it four square. Now, oh my goodness. I, I mean, I just marveled all day long Monday like, oh, is this like unbelievable? The altar is the cross and God himself put the ultimate sacrifice on the altar. And it was four square. So really cool. The next morning, he starts working on me on the word sacrifice. Rob, you need to understand the word sacrifice. And I don't know if you've ever thought about what all a sacrifice is, but sacrifices are all fruit. Huh? Yeah. Unblemished fruit. And if you look at the word unblemished, which I could tell you how God took me on that adventure, but then I'll save that for another time. The idea is <clears throat> that fruit has the seeds in it for more of the same. In other words, you got this beautiful sheep, the most beautiful sheep you got in your whole deal. You're just in love with this sheep. And so that's the one you, you know, that Abel offered. Like, this is my favorite sheep right here. And that sheep had the seeds for all the beautiful sheep in it. Well, think about Jesus. He had in him the seeds for Jerry, <laughs> the real Jerry, the one that we get to see when we get to heaven, you know, the, the real Robbie, the real Beth Ann, you know, all those, he, Jesus had all those seeds. And, and, you know, you guys know Bob Young or Jerry and I, one of our very best friends, he lost his only son. Yep. And, and one of the things he said is with that, he lost the seeds. That was the last of his, of his version of the Young family. Right, and so when you're when you're sacrificing the very be the unblemished, the perfect, it's like oh my goodness. Now, I don't know if I can get this out in the short time we have left, but this morning he gives me I I don't have any of this stuff put together, and he gives me the word leaf, and I study leaf until the cows come home. I cannot figure out what it is until finally I begin to look at other words that are spelled the same as leaf in Hebrew. And oh my goodness, you know what else is spelled the same way as leaf in Hebrew? Burnt sacrifice. I'm not kidding. And as I began to think, the leaves are, are what's going to heal the nations. Look at it in Revelations. It's also in, in Ezekiel that the leaves of the trees are going to heal the nations. The burnt sac. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's spelled exactly the same way. So we come back. We have an amazing guest. Talk about somebody who's living life on the altar with altered consciousness and looking up. So we're going to have Kathleen with us. And then we got Pilgrim's Pro uh, Plymouth's Progress coming. Oh, my goodness. So much more. Stay tuned. Altered consciousness today. <laughs> Again, a little play on the word alter, but altered consciousness today. And you may wonder, Robbie, why do you why do you pick that song? I picked that song because it makes me cry. <laughs> I just, um, because it makes me think of our heart longs for God. And, and actually, if you look at the word leaf, there's this lamed, which is the heart that longs for God. 
that looks up, that's screaming out to see him. And that, you know, you hear that song. It's from The Greatest Showman. It's absolutely an amazing song. I don't know that her motives were all that good <laughs> the way she's singing it, but the scream of the heart is there. That it's just never enough. And so I am so blessed to have with us somebody who lives in altered consciousness because one of the places that people are screaming for God is in our prison system, especially today with the COVID thing. They're not getting visitors, whatever. And so we have somebody that we're working with here on the Truth Network. Kathleen Score is with CLI Prison Alliance. Welcome, Kathleen. Well, thank you, Robbie. It's great to be here, and I agree with you. I feel the same way about the song, Never Enough, because God is Jesus. It's never enough. We can never get enough uh, of God. So you can look at it that way, too, is that we want more and more of God. And, of course, with inmates, um, that is the cry of their hearts, too. Once they, they get saved, they just realize that they have been missing out, and they just can't get enough of God. So, and especially as you mentioned during this time of COVID-19, many, many inmates are recognizing their need. And we have had already uh, more than a thousand decisions for Christ so far this year of men and women writing in saying that they have dedicated their lives to Christ. That is so cool. For those who are not aware of CLI Prison Alliance, um, they have a phenomenal history, 25 years, actually. That's why their um, their uh, campaign right now is called 25 Strong, 25 years of providing Bibles and Christian materials into the prison system. One of the coolest things and one of the, the real fruits that we see in, in, in their altered consciousness is they do a Bible study. And I, Kathleen, describe that Bible study for me because it is, like, just blows my mind how many prisoners are doing that. Yes, um, we have um, close to, I think, 3,000 inmates who are enrolled in the Bible study. And we realized uh, early on uh, when we were talking to prison chaplains, because we partner with them, they were saying that they just don't get enough Bible studies and material. So uh, we started providing a, a Bible study. We have three studies that we provide free, of course, and they do it through the mail correspondence. So if any of your listeners want to uh, review Bible study lessons, you can do that from your home. Just uh, contact us about that. But anyway, we, we start off with the first lesson. There's five, uh, five parts, and it talks about who is God. Because when you come to the Lord and, and you have not grown up in church, you well, even if you have grown up in church and you don't have a, a strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ, sometimes you really don't know who God is and his character. So we start off with uh, five of God's characteristics, starting off with God is good, um, you know, God is merciful, and and let inmates really see who God is so they start knowing the God of the Bible. And, of course, we are having the campaign for, for Bibles right now because nobody, we can't know God without the Bible. Um, that's God's revelation to us. And so, you know, taking the Bible and, and who God is, we, 
just break it out uh, in simpler terms so they can understand it uh, initially until they can feed themselves. And uh, then the second um, Bible study lesson is on Christian leadership. It's okay, you're starting to know God, and and how do I, I influence others' lives for Christ? That's leadership. Leadership is simply influencing others' lives for Christ, and so that uh, goes into how they can how how they can help influence others. And then the third study is disciple of Christ, and that gets in deeper into discipleship is. Uh, we teach them and lead them to discipling others around them. And uh, and it's working out beautifully is we're hearing so many stories of men and women, how they're discipling others in prison, leading Bible studies, uh, leading others to Christ, and just discipling one-on-one. So yeah, that's... We, uh, we just praise God. I mean, it's, it's His Word, and he's, he's the one that's doing all the work. It's really, really, really cool. And one of the neatest things I have found in the being able to do the Christian Car Guy show is how many prisoners listen to the show. Uh, people oh, that are incarcerated, you know, they have radios, and they are listening right mm-hmm. now, lots and lots of them, because I get emails from them. I get letters. If I don't get emails, I get emails after they've gotten out. I've gotten right. letters from them while they're in prison. Um, it, you know, it, it's fascinating to me that, that God allows these avenues in. And so I know there's there's mm-hmm. folks right now that are listening that would like to know what, how do they approach their facility to, to get these this, these materials that they're actually incarcerated. That's a, that's a great question. They can contact their prison chaplain or just write to us personally. And uh, <laughs> so I don't know if um, we can give out the address or if people want to write or go to our website. Well, I could, I, I, what I did was I put it at christiancarguy.com for okay. everybody. It's, it's CLI prison Alliance, but the link to their website is really, if you just go to my home screen, no matter where you go on christiancarguy.com, you look to the left and it's going to say 25 strong and you click on that link. It'll take you right to CLI Alliance. Of course, part of what we're doing right now is right for $10, you can give two Bibles, right, Kathleen? Yes, that's right, because we have a matching gift. So for every $10 somebody donates, we have a partner who has uh, committed to match that amount. So, so I hate to, to I hate we got to go to a break, but if you go to 25 Strong at ChristianCarGuy.com, you can see the match. You can find out all about it, how you can be part of what's going on in these prisons and altered consciousness. we got so much coming up back. Just stay with us. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Altered consciousness today on the Christian Car Guy Show. Wow, as we look up, you know, there, we really, really can't get enough. And, you know, we had Kathleen, I wanted to mention one more time about CLI Prison Alliance that, you know, here is a place where there is so much fruit. And, and the reason why there's so much fruit is these people have been shaken. 
and like you know sifted like Peter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'll never forget. I, I interviewed Shelley Lang, who had been a madam and involved in all sorts of human trafficking, and then she got involved in a drug deal, got arrested and thrown into a Turkish prison. And she'd led so many, and she would, you would hear horrible stories of what she you know, did to bring evil into men's lives and all sorts. It's just phenomenally scary. But she said, Robbie, when I sat down in that Turkish prison and they shut the door on what would seem, you know, there's American prisons and then there's Turkish prisons, <laughs> you know, she said. However, for the first time in my life, I felt free. And I've never forgot the way she said that and what she felt. Of course, you know, the, the neat part of that story, Jerry, is, is a, a, an American missionary who was in Turkey at the time, heard of her incarceration, smuggled in a Bible like CLI Alliance. She had nothing else to do in a Turkish prison but read that Bible. And her grandmother praying for her, wherever that was, that fruit changed a life. And even cooler than that. Now, I mean, that's unbelievably cool and it's wonderful, but Shelley was going to leave this prison. There are only two people in the whole prison that speak English. She doesn't want the Bible to go to waste, so she stuffs it in the mattress because she knows if she walks out with it, they're going to steal it, right? So she stuffs the Bible in the mattress. Two years later, she's back at home enjoying the, you know, a, a life actually where she goes into bars and stuff and, and reaches out to prostitutes these days. She gets a call from another girl, the only other person speaking English in the Turkish prison, who says, I have to thank you so much. Are you the Shelley Lang that was in the, you know, the, in the Turkish prison? And she said, yeah. And she said, you saved my life. Because I, I was, one night there was a lump in the mattress and I reached in. <laughs> and there was that Bible. Now, you and I, you can partner with me, partner with the Truth Network. Have an opportunity to sow those kind of seeds. That's altered consciousness, folks. CLI for $10, right? For $100, they're going to match it with $200. It's 20 Bibles. However it works, whatever God puts on your heart, you go to christiancarguy.com. There you're going to see the CLI 25 Strong. You click on that and, and, and go and donate what God puts on your heart. But, I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that we have opportunities that God gives us to sow these kind of seeds. I mean, this is literally the Word of God going into these people's lives that are really, really shaken. And, and, and you're seeing this right now, Jerry, in, in what's going on with COVID. Yeah, you know, in, in so many ways, sort of like the, the people get incarcerated and in prison and stuff. It's like everything, the pressures of the world is taken from them. I mean, and then God, you know, we hear in God's word all the time, you know, he says, you know, I'm going to take, take what is meant to be evil and bad, and I'm going to make it good. That's one of the things where all of a sudden their environment changes, and so they start clinging to things and start searching for things and start searching for answers. And we all know what that answer is. That's Jesus Christ. So they keep going, then God keeps putting, that's placed in all of our hearts. Well, it's the same thing now where these families and we have people all around, and I see it every day. People will call me up and say, well, me and my kids are going to start a project, you know, have this extra time at home. We're going to polish our car or, or, or do some, I'm going to try to touch up some things on it or whatever it may be, even to the, I'm going to clean the headlights up. What can I use? We're going to do it as a family. But all of a sudden, the pressures of the world has sort of shrunk down a little bit, and you have that extra time, and all of a sudden, you start realizing what's important. One is certainly families. 
we see that people understand, you know what, the biggest mission field any of us are ever in is in our own home and our own kids and our, our, our extended family because that's the ones we can make an impact, but also that's the hardest one sometimes in so many ways, and I'm speaking from experience, that's the hardest mission field. And there's times when you can do everything right and we can say, I'm going to be the example, but still our you know, our kids may go a different I, direction. Do you have the feeling God rigged it that way, Jerry? Because yeah. you cannot do this without him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? I mean, if anybody will put you on your knees, it would be your family. And, and that's right where God wants you. Um, because I can't, I don't, yeah. Um, and how cool is it? Because when you get there and you get that altered consciousness and you begin to look up, it's amazing the stuff he he puts in, and when it comes to your own family, to, to speak to what you're talking about, that is your seeds. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about fruit. You know, here we go. I mean, this is this is your seeds. You, you know, this is the the people that God entrusted us because He knew we were the perfect match. I don't know how that works at all with my mother-in-law. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> But nonetheless, you know, that it's such a beautiful picture. And it's so encouraging to me what you're hearing from family. Yeah. And, and you know, and so, so many times, and I will say, and, and, and I feel like I need to live also, is the fact that no matter what I say, it's really my actions that people are going to judge me by. And now all of a sudden our families are drawn closer together. And that's that opportunity. You know, what's the difference? What, what does the world say about the quarantine and the, the, the changing world we're around what does the world say? But what do I say as a Christian? Where does my faith take me? What do I reflect? All of a sudden, that that small group that is looking at you and looking at you hard, how you react and where you put your trust and your hope, man, that is it's powerful. And God uses that. And that, that's where and God uses each and every one of us, just like you was talking about the prison ministry and, 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 and the girl being in the Turkish prison and everything. All of a sudden, God gave her a platform. God gives us all a platform. What are we going to do with it? Yeah, he had comforted her. And who better to talk to women who are in that slavery, to drugs, prostitution, whatever? She, she, could, knows look the him in the, she could look him in the eye and say, I know exactly where you're at now. Right. But I know where you can be. Yeah, she, she, she's an amazing lady and has an amazing ministry. So we look at this altered consciousness. It, you know, as I studied this more and more, and if you could picture with me this this letter in the Hebrew alphabet, which is the Lamed, and and it, it's the beginning of the word heart, right? Um, and it has this little flame on the top of it that is burning for God. It is also burning for learning, like teachers, it's, it's a, a big part of this this, this letter. And, and so when you look at the word leaf, <laughs> or burnt sacrifice, or by the way, the word ascent, like the songs of ascent, the, this this group of letters is together in all those things because it has to do with this phenomenal longing like a leaf. If its leaves are not getting the sun, it's not going to be feeding the plant to make any fruit, okay? And I found this out because God just put me on it. He said, Robbie, I want you to study figs. So I start studying figs, and as it turns out, Figs are the one fruit where the flower is actually on the inside. And the only way a fig can make more figs is there's a little bug 
it's called a, a fig wasp that pollinates the inside of these things. And so when you eat a fig newton, you may not know this, but it's loaded with the seeds, with the, with the eggs of this wasp. And that's the reason it has that nutty, crunchy flavor. That <laughs> <laughs> All this protein. Never eat a fig it. newton. Oh, yeah. the same. It'll, it'll never be the same. I, I can hardly wait to eat another fig newton because <laughs> since I know this. But, but, but the, the really amazing thing is, is that when a fig drops these seeds, it's not only sending out the next generation of figs, it is also sending out the next generation of these wasps that it needs in order to continue its life. And oh, by the way, it has to happen at just exactly the right time. And so when you look at the word fig in Hebrew, it has to do with exactly at the right moment. That's why Jesus said, look at the fig when the branches are coming out, because it has everything to do with timing. But see, these seeds are our future, whether they're your disciples, right? Or whether they're your families, you know, this is, this is what we put on the altar and, and we look up and we give it to God. I mean, we're down there on our knees. We're, we're taking this fruit that he has given us, and it's the very best. He gave us his very best, which, by the way, was his family. It was his son, right? And when, when he put it there on that four squares, I mean, it, 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 it was crushed. And, and when we take communion, we're actually experiencing eating those seeds when we eat the bread. And when we drink the blood, you know, there you go. Okay, we got Pilgrim's, uh, excuse me, Plymouth's Progress. So you don't want to miss this. This is so exciting. I am so anxious for you to hear the acting in this. Jesse Cordy, who played Le Flu in uh, Beauty and the Beast, he plays the part of Valiant, and he is Valiant. And then we have a new a actor, Alan Johnson. Oh, my goodness. This is so good, so good. You want to stay tuned. And, oh, by the way, my granddaughter, my little seed, is in there, too. Her name's Cricket. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater. Today we start a brand new adventure. It's Plymouth Progress, Episode 1. As Jimmy, our Jeep owner and hero from River Rock walked through the wilderness, he alighted on a certain place. There was a den and he laid himself down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed a dream and behold, he saw an old Plymouth Valiant, paint faded, headed out of its garage with a roof carrier overloaded with luggage. And as Jimmy looked intently, he could swear this old Plymouth was reading a book. And as Valiant the Plymouth read, he trembled and wept. Not being able to contain himself, the old Plymouth let out a lamentable cry. What shall I do? What shall I do? In his plight, Valiant therefore circled the block and returned to his garage, and he refrained himself as long as he could that his wife, a Plymouth Voyager, and children, a Plymouth Cricket and a Plymouth Sundance, should not perceive his distress. But he could not be silent long because his trouble increased. Wherefore, at length, he break his mind to his wife and children, and thus he began to talk to them. Oh, my dear wife, and you, the children so dear to me, I, your dear father, am I and myself undone by reason of a roof bag full of luggage that lieth upon me. Moreover, I am for certain informed that this our city will be burned with fire from heaven. 
and I am terrified that both myself with thee, my wife, and you, my sweet babes, shall miserably come to ruin. Except the which yet I see not, some way of escape can be found, whereby we may be delivered. Oh, my dear husband, <laughs> why don't you go off to sleep? Perhaps you slipped your timing a bit. <laughs> oh, you didn't get a belt, did you? Yeah, Dad. You need to go to bed. Dad, there's nothing like a nighttime case study for too much luggage. Valiant retired to his chamber while his family was discussing this new dad they were experiencing. Wow, dad must really be losing it. <laughs> Did you get a load of that accent? He sounds like something out of the 1600s. By reason of a roof bag full of luggage that lieth hard upon me. <laughs> like what? Ah. Uh Ah, respect, young man. Just remember that's your father you're talking about. But I must say, it was a little strange, wasn't it, when he said, With thee, my wife, and you, my sweet babes, shall miserably come to ruin. <laughs> really, Valiant? <laughs> come on, guys, he's really worrying me. That's just totally nuts. Valiant had a terrible night. He spent it in sighs and tears, so when the morning was come, his family inquired. Ah, Valiant. Uh, are you feeling better this morning? Worse and worse. Oh, woe, oh, woe. For I am for certain that this our city will be burned with fire from heaven. And I am terrified that we shall miserably come to ruin, except the which yet I see not. Some way of escape can be found, whereby we may be delivered. I searched and searched my mind. Really, Dad? Are you sure you're not tuned into Plymouth Rock like Miles Standish or something weird? Dad, you sound like a freak. Yes, honey. I mean, please, can we just stop with the woes and the whereby's? Because you are really starting to worry us. Really? Dad, do you think it's an electrical problem? Or fuel? Did you get some bad gas? Uh, I think I'll just take a ride and pray, dear ones. Till I return, be well. With that, Valiant headed off to pray. His family discussed the dilemma. Mom, you gotta do something. Okay, you need to call a mechanic, an electronic module shrink, something. Yeah, Mom, I can't believe I'm saying this, but for the first time ever, I think Sundance is right. Blech. The thought of that alone is freaking. Meanwhile, Valiant is out praying for those who are condemning him and searching his book for answers to the weight of this luggage on his roof. This scene repeated itself for days, when one day, out on one of Valiant's prayer rides, he stops in a field and reading in his book, he cries out, <sighs> No. <sighs> what shall I do to be saved? Ugh! What shall I do to be saved? In his dream, Jimmy saw also that Valiant Plymouth looked this way, and that way as if he would start off. Yet he stood still because, as Jimmy perceived, Valiant could not tell which way to go. Jimmy looked, and then he saw a car named Edsel Evangelist, and he was coming to him. As Edsel asked Valiant, Wherefore dost thou cry? Sir, I perceive by the book that I am condemned to die and after that to come to judgment. And I find that I am not willing to do the first, nor able to do the second. Why aren't you willing to die, since this life is attended with so many evils? Because I fear that this luggage that is upon my back will sink me lower than the grave, 
and I shall fall into the burning car crusher called Tuffet. And sir, if I be not fit to go to prison, I'm not fit to go to judgment, and from thence to execution. And the thoughts of these things make me cry, cry. <laughs> if this be thy condition, why art thou idling, just sitting there? <laughs> because I know not where to go. Here, take this scroll. What does it say? It says, it says flee from the wrath to come. But where shall I flee? Do you see yonder narrow turnpike? No. Do you see yonder shining light? Ah, uh, oh, I think I do. Keep that light in your eye and go up directly thereto. So shalt thou see the turnpike, that which, when thou knockest, it shall be told thee what thou shalt do. Immediately, Valiant sped for the light. Tune in next time for more Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, I always wondered what the pilgrims drove. I mean, Plymouth, crickets, sun dances. <laughs> yeah, Danny, you really rocked that one. <laughs> See what I did there? Plymouth Rock. Oh, boy. But, but seriously, Danny, this Plymouth sounds a whole lot like John Bunyan's book, The Pilgrim's Progress. Arguably the, the second best-selling book of all time, behind the Bible, of course. Oh, no, Danny, it's not Paul Bunyan, the famous giant lumberjack and his sidekick, Babe the Blue Ox, okay? And they had all those restaurants. No, 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 it's not him. Now, John Bunyan was put in jail for 12 years. And for what? For preaching about Jesus and the Word of God. Can you believe it? But he used that time well and wrote the Pilgrim's Progress. It's, it's wisdom. It was paying attention to, Danny. You, you know, I had one of those luggage carriers on my back, too. Oh, it was so heavy with all the burdens of things I knew I had done that weren't right and I would someday have to pay the price for. That's what Valiant is talking about in his burning car crusher called Tofit. I can, I can hardly wait to see how Valiant does fighting that narrow turnpike. But I'm guessing we'll first have to face the Mega Mud Puddle of Despond. <laughs> Danny, the Mega Mud Puddle? If Valiant can come clean, I mean, that sounds like Peter. <laughs> yeah, he sure did, Danny. Hey, Danny, why did the chicken cross the road, roll in the mud, and then cross the road again? Because he was a dirty double crosser. <laughs> See, he got dirty and came back. Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. So I didn't have a chance to get the cast and crew page updated for this episode. So I certainly want to thank the amazing job our voice actors did in this episode. Jesse Cordy played the part of Valiant. Alan Johnson played the part of Edsel Evangelist. And Ann Alt played the part of Voyager. Marquis McRae played the part of Sundance. Cricket is actually my granddaughter, Lila Davis. Randy Radiators played by Brian Habit. And you may know that Danny Dipstick, who else could I cast as a dipstick but Robbie Dillmore? Ann Alt and I were the creative team in the writing. And Ann Alt did the casting. For more information about this amazing cast and crew, go to the cast and crew page at christiancarguy.com as well as the Jesus Labor Love, car repair labor for single moms and widows. Now, we thank you so much for listening. 
Without you, this isn't all possible, so we're so grateful. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.